welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is produced by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled, What Music Therapists Need to Know About Engaging in Advocacy and presented by Amy Rogers-Smith. Amy is the founder and executive director of On a Better Note Music Therapy based in Morganton, West Virginia. She is working with persons across the lifespan who have intellectual, developmental and neurological disorders. Music therapy advocacy has become a pertinent issue as public knowledge and media coverage have increased over the past several years. In this podcast, Amy Rogers-Smith discusses practical steps to engage in advocacy at every level with parents, professionals, and administrators. Given the rate at which music therapy is growing across the United States and the world, music therapists are being challenged to answer many more questions than just the old standard, what is music therapy? The awareness of music therapy has created many more versions of this question that have much more depth, breadth, and detail. While this awareness and further questioning has created a new understanding, experience, and appreciation for music therapy, it has simultaneously expanded the misunderstanding, misinterpretation, and misrepresentation of our field. In my almost 10 years of providing music therapy for children via Medicaid waivers, school districts, and in private practice, I have heard many versions of these questions presented at many different levels of understanding and misunderstanding. I know, undoubtedly, that many of you have heard them as well. I attempt to share my most recent professional experiences and what I have learned from them with the hope that it will be beneficial to you in some way. Three years ago, when I moved back home to North Central West Virginia, there weren't any music therapists practicing in the area. Most people had never heard of music therapy, and if the term came up in conversation, I would more than likely get the old standard, what is that? Many music therapy professionals spend a lot of time talking about how to respond to this question, and rightfully so. At that point in my career experience, I felt extremely comfortable providing a basic short answer and then asking the inquirers a follow-up question to see if I could relate a personal story or example that would resonate with them. This came from the first advocacy lessons I had learned. Don't give the inquirer more than he or she can handle in that moment. Then, make sure he or she can contact us later when they're ready for more information. Also, giving an example that personally relates to them will increase their memory and interest in the topic. Less often in West Virginia at that time, if the term music therapy came up in conversation and the person had heard of it, their understanding was usually very basic and misinformed in some way. For instance, when I told a hospital employee that I was a music therapist, she responded, Oh, we have one of those here. He plays musical therapy for our patients on his harp. And I cringed at the term musical therapy and really tried to hide my scrunchy face when figuring out how to respond politely to her. I pondered these encounters in great depth with myself and my music therapy mentors as I was truly thrown off by them. In the past, I had only encountered people who either knew what music therapy was or they didn't. These people who truly believed that they knew and enthusiastically supported musical therapy 
but were misinformed were an entirely new bunch to me. The thing is, this group of supporters is growing. The more press that music therapy receives, the more people want to be a part of it and have it provided for themselves and for their families. In addition, for those that don't have access to a music therapist in their communities, they start to create their own schema of what the term music therapy includes. The next advocacy lesson I learned was, this group of people are very well-intentioned. They just need more education. This previous information they were given opened their minds to music therapy and therefore gives us an opportunity to fine-tune their understanding. I think this is where a lot of music therapy advocacy can go very wrong. It would have been incredibly easy for me to get upset, offended, and angry at the hospital employee for misunderstanding this wonderful career that I've dedicated myself to for so many years. However, another advocacy lesson learned, keep our personal reactions out of it. It's not about us. They don't know what they don't know. In order to positively affect another person's understanding, we have to meet them where they are, just like we do every day in therapy. Those in West Virginia who now answer that they know what music therapy is and respond with a dialogue that does, in fact, reflect a true understanding, provide me with a great sense of relief and accomplishment. It is no small task to get to the point where we can discuss music therapy on the basic terms that each party understands. At that point, if the person wants to further enhance their knowledge of music therapy, we can determine what level of understanding the person has, what specific music therapy subtopics may be beneficial to explore, and what other necessary music therapy information is needed for their current level of involvement. Another advocacy lesson learned, listen. We will learn more by listening. If we listen, we will be able to answer more effectively and efficiently according to each person's specific needs. Many other music therapy professionals have asked me how I created so many contracts and jobs. They usually ask specific questions, like, what do special education directors want to know? What do children's hospital directors want to know? And or, what do parents want to know? The truth is, It doesn't matter who the people are, the process is the same. First, you have to engage them in the question, what is music therapy? Second, you have to provide answers to initial questions and misunderstandings. Third, once you establish a basic agreement about what music therapy is, you have to listen to what they want for their students, patients, and children. Only then can you appropriately provide for them what they never knew they always wanted to know. Thanks for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2016.